I am Danika. And I am Myra. And this is the Black Women Healing Podcast. A space to discuss mental wellness. A space to dive into soul care and vulnerability. Here, we will support you on your journey as you focus on your healing. While also giving you the work along the way. Welcome to Black Women Healing Podcast. Hey, y'all. We are back with another episode of Black Women Healing Podcast. Um, And this month, the month of May, we're actually doing what's called a motherhood may series may series we probably gonna give it another name but (laughs) welcome to an episode where we're for sure going to focus on motherhood um in this month of may but as usual we're going to keep it you know like black women healing pie style we're going to start off with a discussion question um so i guess in let me let me think of something random topic of my head um Okay, so when we think about libraries, right? When we think about libraries, why do you think that right now it seems like people never talk about libraries? Very random discussion. But I'm asking this because I like libraries. Myra, what do you think? (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's so funny that you asked that because I was on TikTok last night and I failed on Black Library TikTok. (laughs) And oh my gosh, it's all these Black librarians talking about how they work in libraries, but nobody knows if they exist. And I don't know how I fell down this hole, but that's TikTok for you. Um, <laughs> but why people don't talk about libraries? Because Instagram is our virtual library. I always fall down that hole too of people who have all these books that they're always talking about. I think Jamir even has one where you talk yeah. about like the books that you're currently reading. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's the move. Mm-hmm. But I feel like people do still go to the library, though. It's just not really talked about because we have these virtual libraries now. Definitely. And I love libraries. I love the thought of, like, I love the smell. Well, it's really old books, but I love that smell. I love that it's quiet. Um, and I can't remember the last time I've been in the library, which is I'm going to make a point to go to the library because you're right. <laughs> but you're right, Myra. Every, the information is online and it's easily accessible so yeah there's actually been the opening of a few new libraries I don't know if y'all are familiar with No Name she's more so popular from J. Cole but she opened up a library in LA it's called like the Radical Hood Library and then Solange is doing a virtual library where she was offering all these like black literature pieces but you have to hurry up and reserve them like how a library works but it was all virtual which was really cool I was sad I missed it though but I yes. missed it too. I don't know if you sent me that or someone sent me that. It was probably you, but someone sent me that, and I but I missed it. I was sad. Too. Yeah, I missed it too. I was so sad. But what do you mean you had to reserve it? So you know how when you go to a regular library, you reserve a book. Yeah. So hers was the same thing, but it was all these pieces of like old black work that people haven't had access to for like a really long amount of time. And she was able to get access to it and she started her own like virtual library, but you had to reserve it, like how you do a physical library. But people yeah. were on it. Like I was five minutes late and I missed everything. <laughs> everything, yeah, everything. It was, it was all gone. But it was but all I'm online, right? All yeah. online. Oh, okay. I'm interested in No Names Library. That's the name of one of my plants, actually. I named them after her. <laughs> uh, but I'm interested in her um in her book and I will go I mean I'm still a bookstore person like I'm I'll still go to a bookstore I've tried to find all the book black bookstores in LA there's not many um but I think I've been to all five of them (laughs) but um yeah I gotta make a point to head to the library yeah it's making me think about how like because I'm more of a tangible book person like the whole virtual books and stuff I just I can't get into it um, but it's making me think because I was I, I think I've been I've been seeing like this meme that says how you know a book is has a lot of information as if like it's been ran through right and how right. we no longer are getting that access to even if a book hasn't been ran through it's just something and it's, I mean obviously COVID and stuff but it's something about touching a book that who knows has touched the book right like our ancestors and stuff like it thinking about like older books and stuff of just like the power of just like that the notes and stuff that be in books like tangible books it's like I feel like I just we're missing that like now we can get these online virtual books or everything is new 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 can be copied so many different times um 
and yeah, I me too. I haven't been to the library probably since the pandemic. Maybe since I moved to Inglewood. I've been here for three years. Um, the first thing I when I came here was I went to the library, um, but I ain't go back. <laughs> when did you go? Because now the library they took all the books out. <laughs> This was before pandemic, you know, and I moved oh, right. a year before the pandemic. So yeah. it was just a, you know, it was a regular library. And I mean, it's still, you could just tell, you know, the diminishing of libraries and like, you know, it wasn't crowded or anything, mm-hmm. but I'm a, also a person who just likes to smell and the interaction of like, even just getting a library card. Like, I don't know, it's nostalgic. Like I remember it getting is. my first library card. It is before the pandemic, I took my daughter to like our local library, but I grew up in downtown Long Beach. And if anyone knows, downtown Long Beach had a huge library and I lived in there in the summers also because it was air conditioned, but like I just lived in there. I would, I, I would walk there and just be in the library all day, but they recently redid it and I haven't made it down there to go see, but I want to take my daughter because I think it's just important. Like you said, it's nostalgic, but it's just important to know, like, here's, here's another resource to find information um, that, you know, some of these books, they aren't reprinting or they don't sell or they're really expensive, you know, and here you can go and get, you know, find different things that you normally wouldn't find in bookstores and things like that. So that was a good question. I feel like we don't talk about that enough, like building community at the library. Like I've been taking clients to do that because my Fem Scholar girls, we used to go to the library and I'll never forget, like one day we were there and like Tia Mari was coming to read a book. And so it brought out like a big gathering of the community. And I was like, is this something that happens all the time? And they were like, well, yes, but no, like we have a bunch of community gatherings and I was looking at the calendar. They had so many different things that they were doing. They're like, yeah, people come out to all these different events. And so out here in San Diego, I've been pushing clients to find out what's going on at their local library because people actually make friends doing that. Like it's a whole little community. And they're typically free. Yeah. You know, and they're geared toward children and families. You're absolutely Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This was a good discussion. That was a great question. I'm going to the library this week. <laughs> okay, so, you know, this guest, you all, she's a very special guest. We've had her before, but I want to introduce her again for those who may have not heard. So today we have Jamara Harris. She is a mother by day and a Black author, plant mom and book collector by night. She is an early childhood educator by trade and has lived and breathed young children for the majority of her adult life. 12 and a half years to be exact. Her passion for young children led to her passion for families as a whole. Being an educator allowed her to have a small peek into the lives of families and created the desire to help them with their everyday struggles of parenting. Her hope is that through positive discipline, she can create a space for parents to gain knowledge, tools, and a different perspective when it comes to raising their children. So welcome back, Jameer. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be back. I got, I mean, a lot of my friends listen, surprisingly. I love y'all. But you know, you you do something and you, you know, your friends sometimes don't show up for it. But when I tell you they showed up and they were calling me and, you know, saying like regurgitating things that they heard, it was great. So I'm, I'm so happy to be back. Thank you. Absolutely. Yes, that was for sure one of my favorite episodes. It was just like, a, it was new. Um, and I also think that the way you explained everything was very relatable. That was, that's, that was my favorite part. Um, so, like I said, May series, motherhood, we really want to highlight different topics and just explore motherhood for folks. So can you share a little with us about your mother, mothering story, um, with your mom, your relationship with your daughter? Yeah, 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 totally. So I have a, I will say unique um, experience because I was raised by my father and my mother and I, for a long time, you know, we're disconnected and or just in and out you know that kind of thing and it was you know it was abnormal I think in society especially for black people we are used to like fathers not being around and not necessarily mothers um so that was you know I'm working 
I'm healing and working through so much of it now, so much of it that I kind of just suppressed, um, thinking like, you know, oh, I didn't, that's fine. I didn't need that. Or that was my path. And like, you know, trying to excuse my way out of the fact that I wanted my mother, I needed my mother and um, what I can do to start to heal that relationship, right? Um, So I grew up with my father. My mother was kind of in and out, just not around. Um, And in turn, kind of, you know, I think deterred me from wanting to be a mother. Um, I was like, at first I was like, well, I don't want to be a mom. And, you know, my mom left and she wasn't around. So what does that mean for me as a woman? What does that mean for me as a mother? I don't want kids. And um, however, I have a kid. (laughs) End up, you know, having a child, a beautiful daughter. Um, But I was dead set on making sure that I was going to be there for her, that I was going to be the best mother that I could be. You know, when you go in and you're trying to undo all the things that were done to you, you know, you're like, I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that. And I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And that's great. And that sounds great. But I think that uh, where wisdom comes in is taking the good from it, taking the things that are good. It wasn't all bad. And then incorporating the things that were missed, that were needed, that are necessary, um, and that are different. We're changing our mindsets. Um, And so incorporating those things into your relationship as well. So I would say it affected me because I didn't want to be a parent. (laughs) I was like, nope, don't want to be a mom. Don't want to do that. Um, But I think it was part of me thinking that I wasn't capable, right? Like I didn't have my mom around. So how am I supposed to know how to be a mom? Um, And then once I got past that, I just made a vow and decided like, well, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to be okay. um, And I'm going to find the tools to make it work. Um, And I think that's how I ended up on this journey of motherhood and trying to, you know, be the best mother that I can be and trying to make sure that I think my focus too is making sure that she's the best human that she can be. You know, like I recognize that all on her own, Sarai is her own person. You know, I think parents, we want to think they're an extension of us and not that they're not, um, but you know, particular black black women, black men, they're like, I brought you in this world. I could take you out, you know, all those things. And they're fun and they're funny. And, you know, it's true. You know, we're, we're thankful for the vessels that our parents are that we are but your child is your their own person like all on their own (laughs) they come with their own things they need they need their own stuff and I think me realizing that has helped shape the journey that I'm on with my daughter thus far wow that's beautiful um so I'm thinking about it how has your work as a positive discipline educator shown up in these relationships or this relationship with your daughter? Girl, it has checked me in so many ways. Um, You know, when you think you're doing a good job, you're like, I got this. And then you get some new information. You're like, oh, I don't have this. (laughs) Um, It's checked me. You know, I think that um, if you're aware when, when things come across that you're not maybe doing um, your best at, um, if you are open and aware to criticism and correction and growing and growth and evolution, then a lot of things can check you. So girl, it's checked me. Like you should probably work on that. That's probably something you need to work on, you know? Um, and you can do that a little bit better. And, I, and I'm also at the same time, really gentle with myself. Like I don't beat myself up. I try not to beat myself up about being a parent. Positive discipline has helped me with that. Um, I think at first when she was younger, I had a lot of, I allowed a lot of my abandonment issues to pour into, like to spill over into my parenting. So I was like, mm, she can't go over this person's house. No, if I leave her for too long, that means I'm a bad parent. She's too young. I can't leave her with anyone. Um, And really it just, it hurt me as like as a woman and a mother, like me not allowing people to help me, that hurts you. Um, And I think that we have that really bad. We carry the world on our shoulders. And it was like, who asked you to do that? Who asked you to do that? 
you know, and you can say no. <laughs> so um, it has definitely checked me. It has checked me in this like superwoman complex that I think I wore so proudly, like I can do it all and I've got it all. And I no, you don't. And no, you don't have to, you know, um, so it definitely gave me a lot more insight um, into dropping that narrative you know that I have to do it all that I have to be all for everyone and carry it all no you don't so that goes into our next question perfectly uh, it's a two-part question of what advice do you have for new moms and also what advice do you have for those with mother-daughter relationships um for new moms I will say um enlist your people and your tribe and ask for help take the help take the breaks take the help um and be be humble um i try to be very humble as a parent still currently even if i don't necessarily agree with something that someone is saying i will open my ears to listen because i don't know it all I don't have the drop on being a mom. She's nine. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I think that, you know, women were, you know, we can be very prideful and I gave birth to this baby. This is my baby. I know this baby. And all of those things are true, but humble yourself and, you know, listen to people. You cannot agree and just be gracious and be thankful for the information. And what I've also learned is what you need now is not what you may need in five years, 10 years, two years, tomorrow. Um, and I think a lot of the time, you know, you're sitting there like, well, you know, that doesn't apply to me or that's not the type of parent I am or going to be. You don't know that. And that, that information may be necessary for your path later. So just take it. You can take it, you can leave it where it is, but just be humble and, and gracious. Take the help, take the advice. Um, and, you know, be gracious, be gracious as a mother. You eating those words is hard, is hard. <laughs> you know, all those things mm -hmm. you say you wouldn't do. Oh, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. You don't know what you're going to do because it hasn't happened, <laughs> you know? So be open and gracious, new moms and take the help. And then what was the next one? The other one was what advice do you have for those with difficult mother-daughter relationships? I can only speak for obviously my personal experience. Um, I had a stepmom that came into my life when I was about eight um, and left about 14. And I think, um, so I'll speak to that and then I'll speak to my own relationship with my daughters. So for me, I think that um, the biggest thing that I can tell parents in general, not just moms, I know we're focusing on moms, but parents in general is to tell your kids your stories. I, me and my friends talk about this all the time, right? I think especially when young girls get older um, and maybe parents feel like, you know, they're out in the world too much or they're doing or saying things we don't want them doing or saying or experiencing. I think it's just an, like you have to tell your kids your stories. You have to tell your kids what you've been through. You have to tell your kids your experience, obviously to the level of their understanding, but they, you don't want them feeling like what they're feeling and what they're going through is abnormal or things that you haven't gone through yourself. Just because you're an adult now and you've worked through those things and you're not that kid anymore and you're not that person anymore, tell them the things that you faced and went through so that they can feel like they're not alone and maybe they'll come to you more maybe they'll you know that'll build more of a bond with you all and they'll trust you more and that relationship can grow um just to be just like completely honest like i said to the level of their understanding with your children i think that is the the, the what i can grasp from it that's what i needed um when i was younger and i find that that's what my daughter needs you know I try to be as honest with her as I can be about the things that pertain to her and that she can handle um, and just be open and be an example. I think a lot of the time parents are like, do as I say, not as I do. And I just wrote, I think my last week, last month's newsletter was on this. And that narrative is dead. 
Like you have to be an example for your child. You know, you have to show them however you expect them to be, you have to show up as that. You know, you are not exempt from the rule. And I think we as parents and we as mothers are like, I'm the mother, I'm in charge. You know, I, I'm telling you what to do. And I think that we have to change how we go about that. Your children are your partners in this journey. There's a lot to learn from them. Um, and I think that we as women, whether you want to or not, you set the tone for a lot of spaces that you're in. Um, and if we can humble ourselves and open our mind and hear and listen and know that we have something to be taught, from our daughters and from our children, I think that that can start the healing and the conversation around like mending some of those relationships. You know, I remember trying to have a conversation with my biological mother when I was 25. I was pregnant, I didn't know it at the time. So 26, maybe 26. And it went to shit. I don't know if I can curse, sorry. It went, <laughs> it went horribly um but i think it was because she was not at that time in a space to receive the truth that i had for her you know and i think also this hierarchy of like i'm the i'm the parent you're the child and you can't tell me anything that's so not true my nine-year-old tells me about myself all the time now do i expect her to be respectful yes because i'm also showing her respect when i'm telling her about herself um but parents we have to let that go you can still be taught you're not above being taught by anyone. Um, so to start to heal those relationships, both parties have to come to the table, willing to be open, willing to take criticism, willing to hear hard things, um, and willing to do the work on themselves individually so that you can do the work collectively. And it's, it's a lot, because it is a lot, <laughs> yeah. but it has to start. It has to start. Um, and, I, and I put that I'm going to put that charge on mothers because we have to do some unlearning um, so that we can be able to humble ourselves enough to have those conversations with our children. It has to, our adult children, our not adult children, it has to start with us. We, we move everything else. We pride ourselves in things don't move without women. Exactly. And healing doesn't either. So we got to, we got to work on that. Thank you for all that wonderful information and also for, you know, giving us insight on your personal experience. I am wondering about like, cause so you had your biological mom and you had this stepmom. And so when I hear with your biological mom, it was kind of, there was some struggles there with your stepmom. Was it different? Um, yeah, I mean, it was different um, because she was present. So the things that we, you know, got into it about or had disagreements about were like normal parenting things, right? Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I think that I was looking for that. I was looking for a mother. And so I didn't, and I was, I was a, you know, typical kid. I didn't give my parents um, a lot of, a lot of hell. I didn't. So the things that we did, you know, get into it about or things I got in trouble about were like typical kid stuff, you know, but we didn't have like big. And also she left before I went into my teen years. So I don't know how that would have been, you know, me being a teen and trying to find myself and, you know, my identity and who I am and how that would be with a mother. I didn't have that experience um, because she, you know, her and my dad got a divorce before. I went into my teen years. So, but I definitely saw it with all of my girlfriends and their mothers. Um, and just a riff, you know, they were lying to their moms about where we were going. And I was telling my dad the truth. I was like, oh, I'm going here with this person. My dad was like, okay, be safe. You know, my dad trusted me a lot. Mm. And I think uh, what I saw with my friends and their mothers is that I love all of them because I don't know, listen. But I think my friends' mothers were thinking about when they were 16, when they were 15, and the things that they were doing, and you put that on your kid, right? So if they're like, oh, we're going to the mall, they didn't believe us. 
well, what boys are you meeting up there? And no, you can't go to the mall because you're, and we're like, we're really just going to the mall, mm-hmm. right? But I think that mothers think, well, when I was 15, when I was 16, this is what I was doing. So you have to be doing it, right? Um, so I did, I saw my girlfriends go through it with their mothers. Um, and it was about that, those, those ages, those 15, 16, 17, like, and I was sitting, I, I, like, I had the freedom to do and go as I please, because that's the relationship my dad and I had, but I was stuck in the house with my homegirls, because they got in trouble, and over, really, over nothing, it was, like, something really small, and to that, that energy between women, and us not knowing how to communicate effectively, um, I think, you know, us trying to assert our independence, and our womanhood, and then not given the space to do that too you know you can't wear that outside and we how we are now me and my friends that's how we were at 17 so we're like we're wearing this crop top and who's gonna tell us something you know and fighting with their parents about a crop top before we leave the house you know what i mean so um and then on the parent on the parent side and their mother side it was just like them not being open to hear what we had to say you know, little girls, you don't know anything. And that's what we were called, <laughs> you know? So back to what I said before, we have to, we have to like see our children outside of ourselves. We have to know that they're people and, you know, all by themselves and, and be willing to listen and have conversation and dialogue that's healthy. Um, I think that's where a lot of issues start, just not in mother-daughter relationships, but in society. People aren't willing to have conversations, and maybe we don't know how properly. Right. Yeah. And thinking of that, what do you feel like helped you get to this awareness? Like, did you have an older sister that helped you? Was there someone who, books? What helped you get to this awareness? I feel like, like you said, society doesn't have this awareness of how women interact with each other. Mm-hmm. Being a mom. <laughs> Being a mom. Um, and when my daughter got of age, so I was always been a very vocal child um and seeing I guess reflecting on the times that I did have you know my stepmom in my life and how um and she was really good at like allowing us to speak our mind um so I think that's kind of where it started me being like okay I did have you know the platform to to say things and then there was also that side that was like go into your room when we have company and kids are to be seen not heard you know um but I think that it that that it was started with her and then I do have an older sister but she lived out of state and so we are relationship um where we have a closer relationship now than we did before but I had a lot of wonderful women around me um I was in church for a long time and I had wonderful um women who were my pseudo moms and I have wonderful amazing aunts and I have an amazing grandmother who just had a 90th birthday um and so and I'm surrounded by amazing women um I'm my aunt who she passed in 2012 but she was the closest aunt that I was to because she lived in California and um she was really um how I am now and I think she just that was just who she was she was really peaceful she was you know always trying to have you know like good communication with people she was really level-headed and um and so I think I learned a lot of things from her as well just watching her and not even know that knowing that I was absorbing those things from her and then my grandmother as well you know I spent a lot of time with my grandmother uh growing up and so I got those great things from them, those qualities, definitely uh, from those women in my life of just how to be, you know, and definitely. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, And and talking about just like mother-daughters and relationships, I think many times, you know, we hear about just like what the daughter faces, right? So what difficulties have you noted that Black moms face in particular and what is something you wish you could tell them in the in these spaces of difficulties? Yeah, I think that, like I said before, um, just that superwoman complex. You know, I I it's hard for me. It no, it's not hard. It has been interesting for me to see both sides of it. Right, wearing that cape and you know 
taking pride in the fact that I can handle everything and then maturing and getting older and getting wiser and realize that that's for the birds. Like I don't have to do everything. And I'm still like, I'm still, um, an amazing person. I'm still an amazing mom. I'm still an amazing woman, even though I'm not running myself to the ground. I don't have to run myself to the ground to prove that I'm amazing. And I think that a lot of us Black women subconsciously and consciously feel that way. That if we're not taking on the world, if our house isn't clean, if the laundry isn't done, if we didn't make a home-cooked meal five out of seven nights, then we're not worthy of being called a woman. Or, you know, and I had to drop that narrative. You know, I had to release myself of those shackles um, because it's not true. Um, But the other half of that, that is very true, is that we are left to do a lot of those things, Mm. right? So where do we find that balance? Like no one's coming in to to save us you know like we have to we had to save ourselves no one was coming in like oh don't worry about it don't cook those meals don't clean that house don't wash those clothes no one's actually doing that either so we have to save ourselves and release ourselves and I think that's really hard because you're then like then who does these things right what how does it get done um but I think that goes back to enlisting help um and allowing people to help you. I had a really big problem of not allowing people to help me. I'm still working on that as we speak today, allowing people to help me. And I had to realize that it went back to my abandonment issues. Like if, if my mother didn't want to be around and stay and love us and care for us, and I can't depend on her, then what makes you think I can depend on you? Mm -hmm. You know, but I had to, I had to go back, figure that out, and then moving forward, start to do the work and the healing on that, on that, you know, and then to also, before I had my daughter, I had to figure out some stuff and realize, like, you're not your mother, right? You, you come from your mother. I'm thankful for everything that I've gotten from her, but you're not her. You're your own person, and you're going to be okay, um, so I think it's, you know, taking a step back and being like, oh, where do I get these things from? Why do I feel like I have to do it all? Why am I not accepting the help when it's been given? Why am I not asking for help? Why am, not, am I not going out and getting my nails done, getting my feet done, taking care of myself like I really want to? Who's stopping me? And typically you're only stopping yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, people make time for the things they want to make time for. You're going to have to figure that out. And it's not going to be easy. It's not, <laughs> you yeah. know, but you got to figure it out because if you don't have, you can't pour from an empty cup. If you don't have anything to give, if you didn't give yourself anything. I don't have anything to give anyone else, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. I think that, um, I think that part of it is just, you know, we have to, be able to and willing to get help, receive help, um, and and be okay, and know that you're still you're still a wonderful woman and wonderful mother, even though you're getting help. I don't know where we got that from, but it, yeah, wow. we got to change that. We have to change that. It's detri- It's the. It's so detrimental to like our growth and our healing um, that we think we have to take on everything, you know. So. I was going to ask Myra how it's been with you and handling that and balancing that. Yeah, I think that for me, it's been, you know, pushing myself to receive help and to ask for help, which I told myself that once I got pregnant, I was like, you got to let that go of not receiving help. And so now I ask you for help all the time. I already asked Donika, I was like, for the month of May, these are the dates I need help. And I asked <laughs> other friends, like, what's your work schedule? Because I'm going to need help on X, Y, and Z days. Yeah. And it was really cool because my partner was out of town for like five days and my friends were coming in switching like shifts it was so cool to like see that and I was laying on the couch and they're just doing everything (laughs) they're like whatever you need to do we're doing it they're like okay you'll be here for 30 more minutes okay I'm gonna eat my lunch and then when I'm done eating my lunch you can go I was like this is really happening so I'm happy that um 
that I have such a big like support and a tribe and people that are willing to even drive out from LA to be out here with me for a few days at a time I greatly appreciate that yeah good and good for you good for you did you just I mean you just made up in your mind that like I'm not doing this alone and I'm gonna ask for some help well so my friends kept saying you know you never ask for help so be asking for help and I was like okay remember that you said that and so now I'm like remember you said to ask for help? now I don't even say that I'm just like so what's your schedule on these days <laughs> I'm like this is what I gotta do can you help me out and they've been like okay like we're there so oh that's beautiful I love that and that's that's, that's the thing too is like with most moms I'm gonna say all moms y'all can do it it's not the fact that y'all can't of course y'all can but it's like do you have to and want to do everything yourself like mm-hmm. you know that's that's always like my thing like yeah you can do it Myra Myra Jamea I'm pretty sure y'all could do it all but like <laughs> why like you said like well who told you that you had to do everything and right. why do you want to do that like what happens to you after you do everything and have to take care of everything that that's what's concerning so like mm-hmm. when I hear this too, it warms my heart to hear like how both of you are taking care of yourself and actually allowing and asking people to help too. Because a lot of times the support, we don't know, we don't know what to do. So it is kind of like, we're waiting to, to figure out <laughs> what, what what can we do? So it's yeah. actually nice and refreshing. Like it's been dope to hear Myra be like, hey, this is what I'm needing. I'm like, yes, okay. Yes, black woman, get that help, girl. Yeah. Seriously. And and you know what I also find? And to my black women, and I I just want y'all to open y'all ears. We have been so conditioned to take it all on that even when the help is presented, we deny it. Mm-hmm. And then we complain that no one's helping us. And it's like, oh, we have to be free of those shackles. At, you're, at, you're complaining that there's no help. You, someone offers you help and then you don't take the help. We have to stop that too. Allow mm-hmm. yourself to be helped. And I'm speaking to myself at this very moment, you know? <laughs> allow yourself to be helped allow people to help you allow people to pour into you um it's okay to take time for yourself it's necessary um love on yourself and rest um I love that like on social media I'm seeing so many memes and and pages dedicated to black women's rest Mm-hmm. it's so beautiful I'm like yes black woman romanticize your life and rest girl you yes. know so I've been learning to you know when you're the friend that like brings everyone together or just a friend that you know pe- you know people you're the go-to friend and um just also being like okay I don't have Sarai this weekend I just want to sit in my house you know, and I love my friends. I It's always great energy. It's always a good time. But sometimes you just want to be alone too and just not do anything and not be anything and not cook anything and just mm-hmm. be by yourself. If you don't do that, Black women, do it. Spend the day by yourself. It, it is mm-hmm. under, it's underrated. Yeah. <laughs> I even spent some time trying out a new hobby, like... Mm. <laughs> random and now I do pottery which is like I'm not <laughs> into arts and crafts but my partner was like you still have to live your life and have time away from me and the baby so find something you enjoy so I've been switching between pottery and hot yoga those have been like my new things I'm not good at pottery my teacher makes fun of me but <laughs> it's cool <laughs> I like it so I love that boy that you don't even have to be good at it like I'm not trying to make money off of this it's just something I'll be doing in the class. Like I said, the guy makes fun of me. Mm-hmm. I'll be just, you know, showing up, just doing stuff. So also just find things that just do by yourself that you enjoy, that feel good. Yep, yep. Um, I agree. I totally agree. Do things that make you feel good. And like, that's amazing, Myra. I And every time I speak to you, I'm like, I'm going to do that. You know, I'm going to do something <laughs> new because it's so true. Like, 
last time we were talking and you were like, why do you have to have money to start something? You're like, I've started things with $20 before. And I'm like, that's so true. So I love to, to talk to you because I feel like you have this like, like adventurous spirit. Um, and I love that. And I think more of us need that adventurous spirit. Um, and you're right. Do something outside of your comfort zone. Pick up a new hobby. Have a hobby. How many of us have hobbies? You know, like, I wonder, like, what do you do outside of, like, pampering yourself physically? Right. Like, what do Black women do? And why aren't we doing more of those things? I was just telling a friend, like, I used to hike. I used to, you know, go out in L.A. and try different restaurants and do different things. And I don't do any of that anymore. And I was like, why? And why? exactly why (laughs) I had to look at why and I'm gonna go back to doing those things I told myself that and I and I've already planned to walk you know do some walking with a friend and things like that so Mm -hmm. I am going to get back to those things because I love those doing those things and Danica what about you what do you mean hobbies oh what do you mean what do you mean (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I, I'm always doing something different. Um, I just, usually it involves some type of like movement or something. I've been like boxing, you know, I'll go to a dance class. Um, I've done pottery, but not as like a, a consistent thing, you know. Um, I, I just be trying out all types of stuff, you know, museums and especially now the stuff is starting to open up. I just, I wouldn't say it's, I don't have like a consistent hobby right now. It's just like, oh, I want to try this thing out. I'm going to do it. One of those. Yeah. yeah. Something to think about. I only ask you because whenever I hear other people talk about like their hobbies, I'm like, I'm going to try that. Like my friend was like, I think I'm going to do aerial yoga. And I was like, I think I'm going to do it too now. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm always just asking, I want to get ideas. I know you said pottery. I love pottery. I love working it's so hard. Uh, it, it looks like it's hard. And so when you said pottery, I'm like, I gotta find a pottery class. Um, but yeah, and that's important too to have like a tribe of women who are also like adventurous trying to try new things and do new things and encouraging you too. So that's dope. Yeah. I you know what I wanted to what I want to try is to find one of those step classes. Those new what'd you say Danica knows somebody that hosts them um, Ooh. oh it's actually yes yeah, a few people in LA that does but it's a guy named Chris yes okay he hosts them and I think Gardena and Compton uh, okay and yeah he hosts them like twice a week or something but yeah that's a good one that's a good one I want to try <laughs> one of those um but I'm gonna, when we get off uh, off of this, I'm going to write down some things I want to try. Yeah, <laughs> you like, For No, sure. I think that's amazing. Yeah, we have to, you know, redefine ourselves. And I think our womanhood and our feminine, like, you know, kind of get back into bathing into our femininity and whatever that means for you. But just like, you know enjoy being a woman and you're before you're a mother and a wife and a partner and all these things like girl you're a woman Mm -hmm. oh dancing classes too that's another one I tried out oh how was that it was good in the sense of like I mean you need a lot of strength and I think you respect (laughs) the exotic dancers the scrippers even more right (laughs) I respect the crowd okay I'm always like wow that's wow that's amazing that you can do that (laughs) but it's also the piece of like your womanhood and like sensuality and sexuality just like even me going like I feel like every time because a lot of times you know the more skin you show it's not to necessarily show it like it's better to stick to the pole like it's it's why a lot of times they'll have like pretty much nothing on it's not always just trying to show off it's like you need that you want to get on this pole yeah you need that and so like yeah you would just I just felt myself just feeling more and more confident every time I would go just like my sensuality sexuality you got these different women around you cheering you on like motivating you seeing you know yeah. that move you couldn't do like yeah it's pole dancing dope yeah I love that I guess that's something you know we can encourage all of these women listening to do it's like 
let go of those ideas that you have about whatever society says about movement and dancing. And mm-hmm. it's so funny because Sarai hates when I'm in here twerking. Like we'll have music on and she'll be like, mommy, I'm like, girl, movement is your birthright. You know, you are a woman. You better move your head. It's okay. You know, and I was telling her, I put on um back that thing up and I was telling her like, girls, like this was the song back like I was 15 and me and your aunties, we were dancing when this song would come on and this part and girl, she was so, she was like, wait, you were how old? I was like 15. She was like, and you were twerking. I'm like, yeah, girl, yes, I was. Yes, we were. Yes, with boys. Absolutely. With boys. <laughs> boys. Like, girl, you know, but just letting go of, and that's just, and she's nine and like whatever, but letting go of like that shame that's attached to us being sensual. Mm-hmm. You know, that I think that's important too to be like, you're a sensual, sexual being, you know? So remembering those things and getting back to those things are also important and necessary and loving you know toward Mm -hmm. yourself and you gotta love on yourself that's one of my goals for this year is just loving on me you know and doing things that make me happy I don't care what it is you know so yeah so thinking of this conversation I love the way it flowed what are some takeaways you have for our listeners okay I wrote them down and I have, you know, I got some book recommendations or I have a book <laughs> recommendation. Um, so like finding out, I find joy and like peace. And um, I can't think of the other word I want to use, but I find so much, I guess, peace and grounding in my morning routines. So I would encourage every woman <laughs> to find a, a morning routine. Um, it sets the tone for my day. I find that I'm more like centered and I'm more living inside of my body and not outside of my body. And what I mean is like, I'm just more aware of, of myself for the day. When I've taken that time, like I, if I, I know my day's gonna be crazy. My Fridays are crazy right now. Okay, I know that. I wake up, at, I wake up early before my daughter. I do all the things that I love. I I do whatever it is, and I have a whole routine of what I do every morning, Um, but it helps me give to myself so that I can have the energy to give to the rest of the world, because that is part of my my gift and my my talents and and what I'm here to do is to give, so I start maybe, I think, during the pandemic, a little bit after the pandemic, maybe like eight months in, is when I kind of started this routine. I always woke up and did certain things, but I wasn't intentional. Now I'm very intentional. Like these are the things I do every morning and I journal and I meditate and I light my incense and I make my coffee and I read and I just do the things that I love so that I can function throughout the day. So I think a morning routine, I don't, it doesn't matter what it is, whatever you feel that you need um, is vital. Get a morning routine, have time for yourself before your day starts. Um, and it'll set the tone, I think, for the rest of your day. Um, and then creating balance in your life. Um, I think that we try to be all one thing or all another thing. And I think the key to life is balance, you know? And so moms, we have to learn how to create some balance. Um, and then I think the last takeaway is just to do it. Uh, there is no perfect way there's not going to be a right time Um, just start just start Um, you don't have to have permission and if you do here's your permission (laughs) just start so do those things and and pour into yourself and and take care of yourself first Um, and stop making excuses as to why you can't take care of yourself (laughs) what was the book that you wanted to share the book recommendation, and then I'll send it um, to you all so that I know that you posted last time at the bottom of the um, the podcast, but it's called Sacred Pam- Pampering Principles. Stop it. Are you serious? Yes. I was going to suggest that book. No. Look at that. Look at that. We're in alignment. That's hilarious. <laughs> now you got to come up with Oh my gosh. That's so creepy. But okay. <laughs> 
favorite pampering principles. Um, so I love that. I mean, I love a lot of books, but I think that's a great book for, for women. I'm sorry, Myra, I took your book. No, it's crazy because I haven't even read the book. I've bought it for people. Yes. <laughs> so I was Same. like, let me pull it up. And I was about to buy it as you were saying it. Cause I'm like, I need to stop suggesting something I haven't even read. But people keep telling me, thank you so much for buying me. This book is so good. And I'm like, I haven't even read it. So let me go ahead and buy it. Myra, <laughs> we're a lot alike because I have all these books in here and I recommend and recommend them. I was like, well, I haven't read that one, but I, I know it's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I've heard, it must be good. Y'all keep telling me this. <laughs> I've heard back from the masses that it's a good book. So I would keep recommending it. <laughs> yes, yeah. sacred pampering principles. Um, and then I'm reading one right now that if I think it's important, I think a lot of us, you know, deal with like, you know, trauma and abandonment issues and things like that. But I'm reading My Grandmother's Hands. Did you read that already, Myra? Well, that's a hard read. I, so good, I, I like the, the activities they have you do at the end. I feel like that's a book you need to read in a book club. And I feel like together people mm-hmm. need to do the activities that they have you do. Cause I was mm-hmm. reading, I was like, Ooh, Ooh, Ooh. Oh. And then it gets to like the grounding part. So I'm like, okay, okay. Then Ooh, Ooh. So. Yeah. And he was serious too. He was like, if you don't have time to do these. uh Yeah. When these- I read that, it was like, this is for something to glance over. So if you just glanced over this, you need to start over. I was like, Oh, I was like, Oh, he is not playing with us. <laughs> he was like if you don't have time to do this activity, then stop and come back when you have time I was like oh <laughs> are you yeah. you are your best thing I haven't read I own it I haven't read it okay have you read it no I'm gonna read it that's gonna be my okay. book for this month okay I you know I would love to join you and I would say that I'll join you and I'll probably pull it out and I'll I'll go over it with you but I have so many you know, books to read, girl. All these books I'm telling everybody else to read. I gotta read them. That's the thing about having two books, a month, <laughs> just two a month, and call it a day. That's all I'm trying to do. Okay, that's good. That's a great goal. Mm. All right, y'all. So I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed having Jamir for the second time. And be sure to tune in and share this episode. And thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Black Women Healing Podcast. So y'all, we have to shout out our friends over at Fiverr. We are officially a Fiverr affiliate. And I love Fiverr because you can literally go to them for any type of project you might want to work on, whether it be if you need a new logo, you need help with the resume, you need help with social media, they help you over there. So go ahead and check out our friends over at Fiverr. That's 5-E-R-R. So five with two R's at the end. So go ahead and check them out with the link in our bio and tell them that we sent you.